Hello and welcome once again to What's the Damage, companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular We'll Play D&D stream, Roll for Damage. Before we sink into a blissful sea of escapism for an hour, um, a note on real life. We don't have a huge reach here on our incredibly popular and well-known, but also young and small network. But for anyone who is watching, who feels frustrated, scared, powerless, us too, buddy. <laughs> Shit's fucked. People, Black people specifically, are being killed in the streets. And there isn't really a word that encompasses the degree and true nature of the fuckedness. It would take an essay. And that's not what this show is. Here, we talk about D&D. &D. But before we escape into another place for an hour, I just wanted to emphasize that we aren't powerless or helpless. That's a lie told to us by people who want to push us down. So all 10 of you, the viewers, there are actions that you and we and all of us can take to fight racism, to fight injustice and bigotry and fascism. I encourage any of you who can to donate to a local bail fund. You can find a directory of them at the National Bail Fund Network. Google the National Bail Fund Network or go to bit.ly slash local bail funds. If you don't have money to spare, which many of us don't, go to blacklivesmatters.crrd.co, which is a whole list of other ways you can help. Both those links along with a few others will be listed on our intro card today. And everyone, be safe, wear a mask, and join us now for an hour away from all of that, where we talk about D&D. Last week, the party almost fell off a mountain. This week, we're discussing that and also how to create the perfect character backstory. Thank you to Sunbird, who composed our music, and to Lady Meows, who designed our logo. Find their websites linked in our Twitch page. I'm your host, Truth Fenson, and this is what's the damage? Welcome back. Joining me tonight is the wonderful Chad, the beautiful Laura, the excellent Khalil, who are going to talk to me about some of the stuff that happened in the last episode of Roll for Damage. And then we're going to discuss making the perfect, the most delicious character backstory possible. So guys, What's the damage? Your party almost fell off a mountain. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, especially considering I was one of the ones that almost fell off the mountain too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same, same. Mm -hmm. I didn't, see, here's the thing, I didn't have the safety net of, I'm a warlock, I can teleport. No, Claire's yeah, yeah, not yeah. mobile. Uh -huh. They are yeah. not see, mobile at all. I uh, I was like, oh yeah, I'll go first. I'm Sure, I'm fine. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> And then, I'm like, and then you immediately I thought on the first time, I'm like, oh, I'm glad that Laura's here to save me because if that <laughs> happens more than like twice, I'm not going to be okay pretty soon. Yep. Yeah. In retrospect, the guy that had the climbers kit probably should have been in front, but you said yeah. so gung-ho about wanting to lead. I'm like, who am I to say no? I mean, well, that's yeah. the thing about Baltaim. He's so damn charming. He's like young Morgan Freeman. It's a, it's a problem. 
I'm just like, yeah, I'll go first. And everyone's like, yeah, that sounds great. And he's like, oh, I don't have any like the gear or anything. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. It's, it's just, it's overconfidence. The, yeah. And it's the Baltian character voice, which is basically just buttery young Morgan Freeman velvet tones. I'm like, you can't say <laughs> You're no like, that. I like, trust this voice. <laughs> yeah, that sounds confident. That sounds smart. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. No, you can't. It's like, yeah, no, it's like, no, no, no. He's, he's, he's like, He's like very like all around like average like stat wise you know but he's like <laughs> but he's got like, the charisma for days yeah he's he does he does he's he okay just, like he's and he like, he like he doesn't like brag about being like good at anything so you're like oh, sure I'll give him a, like you know at least like let him try like you don't think he's gonna do terrible and it's like no I just roll really bad so it just it's it's kind of reductive sometimes so yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about warlock, um, warlocks. Very charisma high, not always smarter wise. You this know, is true. this can be deathsass. Yeah, as you guys were going up the mountain, I was like having a flashback to this game I played with Serenity a while back, where we were also like going up the side of a cliff and we tied ourselves together. And I think we spent maybe 15 minutes real time falling down and doing like athletics and decks and strength checks to try and not all plunge off the cliff together. Amazing. Um, so how nervous is everybody like going, like preparing to go up the mountain? Cause you had all these NPCs who were essentially like, oh, rip. When they heard <laughs> that you were going to go up the mountain. Like, oh, you're going up there? Oh, well, nice you. knowing you. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there was a theme of you're going up there. It's awful dangerous. Not a lot of people come back from there. It was like those are the talking points that the whole town had, man. And it was like, like this prepared speech. <laughs> and yeah. so all Perry could say was, "That sounds real ominous." Mm-hmm. I mean, real ominous. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, terrible. <laughs> I like, yeah, I'm like personally, I was like, "This is cool. I'm so excited for it." But I'm like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to go on. Yeah. Going like what like like what the trek is gonna even be. Like I know like the 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 like the pilgrimage itself is gonna be like tenuous, but like like they're like even like warning us about like going up the mountain is like, oh mm. like mm, I don't know yeah. about that. So I'm like, ooh, okay. Are you uh, sure? Yeah. So I'm like, oh okay, uh okay. Yeah. I like I, Yeah, I mean when I the just, library won't even let you have a book to borrow yeah, because of yeah. where you might be going, that's a red flag. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the nice things about D&D is that pretty much anything can turn into a logic puzzle, which I mm. think you you found as you were going up the mountain. So can you talk me through like a little bit of your guys's um, thought process as you were trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the best strategy for scaling? I mean, Perry's first thought is always, well, I could just turn into a bear. So she was like, no, it's going to be easy. We're just going to go like straight up a mountain. It's fine. These people are, these people are scary, but it'll be fine. But then like, they were like, oh, you might want climbing gear. And then all of a sudden we were like approaching this like very thin area. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, can we tie ropes now or is it too late? (laughs) Yeah. That was the point where we had to start actually trying to make the plan because before that we're like, okay, yeah, this is a hike up a mountain. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And then by the time we we walk up to the the building. Yeah. By the time we started trying to make the plan, Baltaim had already rounded a misty corner and was out of sight. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, I, I was in that moment, I was trying to, I was thinking that Sinrock had just died. So I was like, 
I, he'd probably be very the best person for us to have him lead. But we already had literally like, oh, Simmer, you lead, and he had died, and so that was kind of weighing on Baltine's mind. Like he doesn't need to lead all. He's just like let him have some rest. Like I mean, I mm-hmm. I'm fine to go ahead and try to do something, and then. No, that was not the, the case. <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> You took one step and fell off the dang mountain. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. And then no, once I was already around the corner, I was like, Okay, well, we're kind of doing this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And this might as well happen. Yeah. Cause then, you know, I had, I wanted to try getting the whole thing of make a like a bunch of handholds with pythons, but I'm like, I'm basically almost the middle of the pack here. I can do it, but the first two people are still screwed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you guys tell me a bit about what the pilgrimage, capital P, um, means to each of your characters? Is it like only a task that's been given to you by your patrons and only a way to break this curse? Is there some personal meaning in it now that you have to do it? Um, for Quinn, I say he didn't give a shit about being marked by anything because he has business at the other end of the mountain basically because of course, mm-hmm. from what he's found out the um, person he's looking for his sister has already gone up that way and apparently answers are also that way therefore up that mountain he gonna go <laughs> regardless of how difficult it is to get up said mountain so it, i mean um, that's about it for him really for ball Taim, he's expecting this He's expecting, like, he is not phased by being marked by the God of Darkness. He's very much expecting, he's not expecting, like, knowing what's going to come, but he's expecting something is going to come. Mm-hmm. So he he kind of is taking this mindset of that I need to fulfill something for someone so I can get something fulfilled for me. Whatever path that takes, so be it. I will walk that path. Uh, if that path leads me, you know, down some truest places, that's just the you know the endurance he has to take to go to get where he wants to go. For Perry, it's a lot of everything is a new challenge for her, and part of it is she's marked and she's already in danger because going home is not possible right now. And then when she goes home, she doesn't want to take that with her, but she really does see this as a test of who she is and how strong she is and can she accomplish these things. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it seems like you've all found or had a little bit of a personal stake in this too, but yeah, not the one where you don't like being marked. You're all seem pretty okay with that. I mean, I'm not You're a like, fan. <laughs> I mean, not a fan, especially after what happened to Senric yeah. Um, yeah. and finding out what that meant. Yeah, and clearly um, Baltaim's down for being marked. He thinks this is probably getting closer to what he wants to do. So it's okay with his family. It. It's okay. If that's how you want to get down, that's how you want to get yeah. down. It's okay. Yeah. We accept everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, hold me marked by the darkest of dark gods. Not a fan. However, whether Quinn was told to go up that mountain or not, that's where he going. So yeah. Quinn, that was on his way, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a question that's not episode related, but something that I've been wondering. Can you tell me about a bit about the party name, Shields of Twilight? How'd you guys come up with that and what does it mean specifically for your party? Um, so 
are, um, I think we had um, in, in game, um, someone had access where we we're going by. And uh, I think Baltim said, it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, work in progress. I think, you know, the DM, the joke was like, okay, work in progress. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a good name, guys. Like in a group chat, like, yeah, work in progress. And like, so uh, Chad was like, uh, what's that in Latin? He's, uh, I think it was like opus uh, or oppressu uh, the, uh, or pro- progressu the uh, opus or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's yeah. a good name, guys, right? And I was like, okay. everyone else was like, no. No, no, no. I like no. it. Okay. <laughs> it would have been okay in life. I Latin. like it. Otherwise, no. Defense, though. We're several of us part of another group that's stuck with dragon punchers right now. <laughs> You're so, welcome. <laughs> you are all welcome for that. Well, the thing is, the one person that it was in the party when the name was created who literally punched anything that moved is no longer in the party anymore. So hey. fits. Nobody punches anything. We'll now. get a new one. We'll get a new one. <laughs> Um, but I think part of it was also, we had already met or, you know, run into the, the mention of Lux Eterna. And mm-hmm. so we were like, okay, so that's the light, light. and we're somewhere in the middle right now, yeah. at least for Perry. And we it's, have run into the Shattered Blades and, yeah. and the, uh, I don't Black think Sun. we have the Black Sun. Yeah. No, the Black mm-hmm. Sun, but we, Lux is a part of the Shattered Blades or, yes. you know, runs she the, is Shattered, the Shattered, Blades. Shattered Blades. Yeah. Um, I think Cobalt uh, kind of came in and said, uh, I think, uh, you know, Twilight Shield or something like that. Um, and we were like, eh, everyone's kind of like, it's all right. I mean, then when mm-hmm. I got a better idea, and I think um, I was like, well, why don't we just switch around, like, you know, to uh, Twilight Shields, uh, Shields of Twilight. And everyone's like, okay, that's that's better. We like that, you know, made yeah. sense with the mm-hmm. recent events and recent, uh, like, groups and, like, uh, factions we've been seeing. I mean, we're somewhere between the bright light and 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 the deep dark at this point. I mean, we have Dobby Ponds for heaven's sake. Yeah. Um, yes. We operate in neutral, this probably. We have we operate in a sort of shade of gray. Mm-hmm. So at least for Perry, that's part of what she sees it as is we are sort of the last marker before it gets truly dark. So your Twilight Nights essentially that's so Kinda. cool guys that's a really cool name i like yeah. that yeah now we have to change our names again <laughs> we just got we just we go from work in progress ourselves. to shields of twilight and now twilight nights hey they, he said it was a work in progress yeah, that's true. he warned you we just, we just keep changing everyone doesn't know what our group name is it's just like oh, what were those one guys it's like oh, the shields of twilight like oh yeah those guys are cool but like have you heard like the knights of twilight those are guys are even cooler like yeah, like yeah, they got like a warlock. But we'll it's start like, some sort of yeah. fandom war. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we they just, won't realize they're all the same fandom. They were better when they were shields and not knights. Oh my god! Oh yeah, <laughs> on fantasy, it goes up, down on yeah. fantasy Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantasy Reddit, the oh, darkest of dark Reddit. places. Yes, <laughs> that's your final dungeon. Yeah, fantasy the deep Reddit. Web. You have to slay the trolls. <laughs> mm-hmm. One falls, oh. three more comes up. Okay. Um, So last episode, you guys had some visions. That was super fun. First off, snaps for Serenity for doing all your voices really surprisingly very well. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was right. She's so good. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to ask you all about them, essentially. So first, Chad, you got to see your sister. Yes. Um, Can you tell me 
a bit about what Quinn was thinking as he was making this huge in the moment decision whether or not to follow her. I mean, the second that Quinn laid eyes on her, because I interrupted the DM so many times when I thought she was done, <laughs> he was all set to just get the hammer out and charge straight the fuck ahead and just go for it, just right after her, because that's what he's been after this entire time, is trying to find her and figure shit out. And then the only reason that he did not make that exact choice was because mm -hmm. in the moment, as part of the vision, the DM was arguing both sides of that point in Quinn's voice and like, that is a good point, me. That is also a good point, me. Okay, I'm gonna go against type here and do the other thing. Yeah, it was really one of those situations where it's like the little angel and the little devil on the shoulders. Yeah. Did you guys know that's from Dr. Faustus? No. Huh. I that's, did not that's, know that. that's so cool. I uh, found that out six months ago in my playwriting class. Oh, um, today I learned. We all learned something. <laughs> yes. Educational, everybody. <laughs> this is an educational show. It is now. We can call it that. <laughs> sure. Do we get something for that? No. Ooh, maybe get funding. Um, Ooh, fun. <laughs> right. Sponsorships from, I don't know, Scholastic? Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. host some book fairs. It'll be great. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Laura, you got to visit your home and you saw it in pretty dire straits. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell us a bit what it was like for Peregrine to make um, her decision? At first, like the minute that she saw her mother and thought, I could go into that healer's hut and I could go and I could help. I almost had Perry go straight in, but she sort of came to this realization um, and I can't say without spoilers, um, the specific thing that um, other Perry said um, that really and truly stopped her. But she came to this realization that if I go forward and I follow, I can never go back. I can never, I can never leave again. And I'm never gonna solve this. And for Perry, it's always been a lot of self-doubt uh, for reasons that will clearly be explored later. She has some struggles with who she is and her own strength and whether she made the right decision to leave in the first place. And so it was really that moment where she had to decide do I go home and give up or do I have the strength to keep going and maybe solve this problem? And she decided to move on obviously and go on into the world instead of staying, which is probably the more comfortable choice, but yeah. These are brave little toasters going out <laughs> into the unknown. <laughs> oh my God, that's so that. peregrine actually. You just, you just blow my mind. Actually. She is the she brave, is brave little toaster. She's the brave little toaster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would have been so easy for her to go home and try to continue to do medicine mm -hmm. that's clearly not working and she knows isn't working and just settle for safety but she realized that she would regret it for the rest of her life 
and given yeah. the fact that she is a half elf druid that'd be a long time <laughs> not a short <laughs> time a few centuries of regret yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so one more thing for you, Laura, can you share why us, why your mom has a different accent than you in character? I don't justify, no, um, justify that, make something up, justify it for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I assume Perry probably sounds a lot more like her father, um, mm. which is funny because she's a lot more like her mother. Her mother's a huntress. Um, her mother taught her everything. Um, and her mother is one of the village guard and her father is more the homebody. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess she just sort of sounds more like her father. Um, it could also be that uh, that very strong country accent is not fun to keep doing for long periods of time. <laughs> oh, I think DM it's plenty of fun. And <sighs> the player is from the American She's South. So yeah, I am cheating okay. a little bit. <laughs> I um. I just thickened my own accent um, mm -hmm. and add a lot more twang for her. That's um, valid. I mean, I do a harder accent than other ones. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Khalil, be honest. Did you zone out a little bit during your vision? I did not. I know the first thing I said was, oh, fuck me. <laughs> 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 I got my vision. Uh, but I was paying attention. I just was like, I said that because I was like, Oh, this I know exactly what's gonna like. This is going on. Fuck mm -hmm. me, like like this brilliant but evil woman <laughs> has perfectly like like gotten into my mind. I'm like fuck, like I'm trying to think in my mindset. Then I'm trying to stall. Basically, I was trying to ask her like, what happened? What did you say? Just to, like get my brain to like slow down because I was like already going like miles per minute, and I was trying to slow down to like make sure like I would think what Baltayun would do and not what I would do necessarily um, because I think the decision he made was very split actually I think if I didn't I was trying to recall the words if I didn't hear those words correctly I think he would have made a different decision mm -hmm. but his the words that were said to him um, kind of um, structured where he was going with that he uh, I feel like he is an individual that craves uh, discipline uh, he craves a place to uh, something to guide him. And I think uh, without left to his own devices, he'd be a little bit more uh, impulsive like uh, Quinn, uh, which I think is why Quinn and Baltaim, um, um at least get along well enough. Um, like, you know, we're not, everyone's not friends right now because we're just only mad at each other. But mm -hmm. I think the, the, the building of like us talking and like you'd be able to, you know, chat together have I think that's why and our, also our similarities with uh family and everything has given a reason why he is uh in closer relation to Quinn and po probably why he doesn't immediately hate Dobby <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a kindred spirit there yeah secretly mm -hmm. secret kindred spirit yeah, um yeah can can you take us um, like deep into Baltaim's mind as he's making this hard decision? Um, as he's making this decision, I'm trying to, he's trying to, he wants to do what his inner self is trying to tell him to do. Um, but he hears a something, the words that he heard from the 
the you know the angel i guess or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it like the devil if you're talking about devil and angels on each shoulder the angel on his shoulder um made a very um i don't i don't know how to say this uh he, he they made a very good statement that would as a person who wants structure uh and wants like this discipline like wants to be guided um he it was a very easy decision to do where he's like you're right that's true i'm gonna do this because that's what was agreed upon um and if that was not said or the way that was said was differently worded i think he would have gone with what his inner desire wanted because that's what he wants so it really was on a knife edge with that decision yeah, yeah. And I was trying to like not because like I was like yeah do that fucking like go go like, I'm like <laughs> no no no, and so yeah I had to I had I was trying to make sure I had thought fully about what he would do. Yeah, those decisions were so cool. I think we got um, as viewers we got a lot of insight into your characters like obviously it tied in some backstory but also just because obviously all those hard choices were specifically um designed to yeah. like be tough for your character in specific and snaps again to serenity for yeah. designing those so well yeah yeah and literally getting inside of our heads because <laughs> none of us knew anything about any of that that was coming up she just yeah. literally got in our characters heads to the point yeah. where she knew exactly the buttons to push yeah which is impressive yeah. and scary and I brilliant for my life brilliant but evil <laughs> yes exactly that thank you Precisely. like all the best dance mm -hmm. i mean we're all familiar with chris perkins and he traumatizes people for fun <laughs> you know it's it's out of love it is yeah well, I mean, yeah, it really is because it just shows like how much she's like thought in that mind space to be mm -hmm. able to get that reaction or that like that conflict where you, I I don't I haven't seen everyone's uh, decisions or what they've done other like, mm -hmm. you know their visions, but I assume there was a from what it sounds like there was a conflict between everyone trying to decide for sure if that's what you want to do, and I think that's mm -hmm. a good place to be in when you're like because like even now I know like Baltimore doesn't necessarily <laughs> he's not necessarily happy about his decision. He wants to do the thing he wants to do, but he understands why he made decisions. So I think that mm -hmm. kind of conflict is a good like uh, show of like our DMs just ability to get into our heads. Yeah. Yeah, I think Perry might be the only one of the group that's like truly happy with her decision. Like no doubts, knows she made the right choice. See, yeah, Perry else seems is just a little bit torn. <laughs> yeah. Perry, I think made the decision. Um, I think uh, actually Quinn made his decision the quickest, even though I know he has some internal conflict. Harry was stuck so in quickest, but she seemed the most decisive, I thought, yeah. in watching. So after your visions, you guys had a bit of a battle royale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. That was fun. <laughs> yes, um, yes, it was. Mm -hmm. So my question is, if you guys were going to do that for real, just full out battle royale, you all know that you're fighting each other. Mm -hmm. It's everyone on everyone. Who do you think would come out on top? Like well, honestly, WWE style match. Honestly, Baltaim, you know. <laughs> I mean, if it's a steel cage, then um, I don't know, man. I think, I mean, Quinn would be in it for a, for a good bit, you know, because yeah. the ability I to think... heal himself and also have a big old hammer that just comes around and smacks people as well as him. 
I think seriously, I think seriously, I think um though I think Perry or Sinric would probably be the best. I think Perry I probably honestly think it would come down to Perry Sinric. versus Sinric and it would yeah. be hmm, yeah. it would be a, a, a fight with a bear. Literally Sinric would get this dream that he's had since yeah, the beginning yeah. of meeting Perry and seeing her in bear form for the first time ever. Yeah. Can you turn into a bear? I want to fight you as a bear. Um, I think that's where it would end. It would end with with Sinric Perry. Yeah, because the wild shape, two free big old sacks yeah. of hit points. That's yeah. hard. To, that's hard. And to beat. she's got she's got good saves. So like unlike mm-hmm. Sinric, he doesn't have the like the saves necessarily to stop being magic cast on her. Perry yeah. can actually get through some magic, especially with wisdom being like such a you know yeah common save. <laughs> I yeah. got really, really lucky with my wisdom stat, yeah. and then I took so I'd the probably pick so, Perry. so close. Yeah. Um, I can hold concentration pretty well, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Perry would probably be my pick. If I was betting, I'd pick <laughs> Perry. But unofficially, I think Fatahim, because, you know, of course. Yeah, yeah let's all gotta, bet on Barry. You got to be your own Perry. man. Understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I think Lex would show up and just shoot all of you. Yeah. No, be like, yeah. you guys yeah, are being so stupid. Stop that. Stop fighting. She would start with Dobby, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, that's the obvious choice. And I, yeah, think, you're no, all... I think we can all agree if we did actually engage in a battle royale, we would all kill Dobby first <laughs> just to get it over with. I don't know. Perry's kind of come around a little bit on Dobby. Just a little, especially there at the end when he seemed to well, figure it out. Yeah. Seems like Cedric and Dobby might team up for the first part of the battle. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Just because they work together. Until Cedric uh, decides just to step on him. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> as soon as they I take just, out everyone stick, else. Stick close to Barry. Just stick close to uh-huh. Barry. Let her, uh, you know. Maul her way through everything. the crowd. And then once she's, yeah. she's you know, tired out, just backstab her. That's probably my plan of attack. <laughs> I, yeah, I see how it is. Yeah, I mean it's a good. It's a we'll good see how line. many clutch ass um, thorn whips save you from falling off mountains from now on. You know, there, this is, uh, that's that's this is, this this is hypothetical. Okay, you know, this... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, not going to again toward anybody yet. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, she's had her fair share of screaming matches with Dobby. Um, yeah. But who hasn't? I mean, that's just Dobby. I think the only person who hasn't gotten pissed at Dobby at this point is Baltaim because he seems to be just unflappable He's, thus far. He he respects how candor Dobby is. Uh, he doesn't think of himself as a good or bad person. Uh, personally, yeah. Baltaim himself is a good or bad person. And so he doesn't see Dobby's views as necessarily good or evil. So he's like, oh, that's what he's going to do. Or especially with God he follows. So people are people. Nice you to have. Um, so that brings us to our topic for tonight, which is designing a character backstory, something we've all done a bunch. Um, so I want uh, everyone to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Start without me. I have to move a dog. <laughs> What's that puppy's backstory? Uh, Percival has a blood feud with our neighbor's dog for no reason oh. whatsoever. Her nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? I think I've never actually seen him. Uh, Percy is a pug. Oh. That's such a funny dog to have a blood feud. <laughs> oh no, he's just really, really high strung and the neighbor's dog barks now. Uh-huh. He's not a fan. Did the, neighbor, okay. Did the neighbor's dog not used to bark? 
Oh, we have new neighbors across the way. Oh, oh, oh okay, I see. So while we're waiting for Chad, what's up with everybody? Oh, he's back. We all have to talk. <laughs> no small talk. Small no talk small canceled. Talk. <laughs> okay. So everybody, now that you're all here, I want you to think back to the annals of history when centuries back when we were all baby baby D, D players and you had to come up with your very first character backstory how the Ooh. heck do you start i mean i start in like <laughs> weird places depends on what i'm thinking of at the time like i'm playing a character in another game right now where i based his backstory on a johnny cash song uh, huh. god's gonna cut you down Oh, where he's basically awesome. just on a revenge trip against a specific list of people that I used with descriptions based on the lines in the song, like Long Tongue Liar, Midnight okay. Rider, Rambler Gambler, Backbiter. <laughs> like he wants to kill those five people because they did something terrible to him. And that's the basis for the whole thing. I just then spiraled out in a whole different direction from there. But like, that was the kernel of the whole thing I did. That's cool shit. <laughs> yeah, it's usually just a concept I'm currently fascinated by. Yeah. Um, like in the same game as uh, Chad's character there, I have I have a delightful little pink tiefling um, who is a grave cleric. And I had recently reread um, the Sabriel stories, mm-hmm. um, the Abhorson stories. I became obsessed with this idea of trying to create that concept in D&D. And I went so far as initially, I was gonna do the whole thing with the bells and stuff. I was like, that's gonna be a nightmare. Uh, so I developed, I developed this idea of a of of an order of clerics that their whole job was to put back the undead, um, and just built from there. Cool. Yeah, I uh, early on I just uh, well even still now I just I just rip from whatever like current <laughs> media I'm like enjoying or like you know oh, okay that's cool like I think I've made like a character similar to like Dante. Because uh, I was playing Double May Cry, nice. Bench, like one time, I mean, um, I made a direct rip on John Constantine once, so I can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, you know, developing, I like to make my characters more based on like, ideals, I guess, like uh, the ideals of things of like honor, love, respect. Uh, it's kind of more of the light of what Baltimore has been created created out of. Um, and I've taken some inspiration from media because just kind of can't, mm-hmm. you know be influenced from media like it's just kind of everywhere around you uh, but i think uh most most recently i've taken concepts from just like you know ideals for my characters yeah all art is theft it's fine um <laughs> so for a new player would you just suggest that they i don't know um, would you suggest they take influence from media would you suggest they mind their own backstories um just where should they start what's their kernel if they can't think of one i mean it depends on kind of basically just comfort level because whatever you're building you have to be able to dig into that and actually care about whatever it is you're digging into you know so if you build a backstory that is this huge sweeping epic and you have no investment in it at all. It doesn't matter how cool it is. Yeah. You, yeah. you may have made something awesome, but you don't give a crap, then it just sort of sits there. 
I think mm-hmm. uh, for new players, for sure, I definitely think rip off media, like rip off whatever media you love, whatever thing you like, like because yeah. you, if you understand that character already, you understand what you would do at, or that what, the, what that character would do. So it's easier to oh, yeah. get involved into that mindset of like, oh, if you like make Dante, you know what Dante's going to do. So it's like some wise ass thing, do something impulsive, you know, you already got that kind of like character mindset and then kind of yeah. build off of that for something else if you want to you know, develop later on. Yeah, I would definitely say rip off your favorite media. Like, if there's a character you're in love with, start there and then build. Because, I mean, just because you start off, oh, I'm building Chira. Well, maybe like halfway through, you start to develop that more of your own style. Eventually, you're going to get to a point where you're doing your version and it'll take over and you won't have to you won't have to be devoted to that character anymore and being true to whatever the canon is for your for whatever that is and it can be really daunting to sit down and be like okay well I have this blank character sheet and all these numbers all these stats yeah. And also mm-hmm. I have to come up with a backstory and I have to decide what race they're in and oh my god how does class work pick something yeah. simple you know make John Constantine if that's who you enjoy watching you know yeah. make you know tell a story using make fan fiction it's fine nobody's gonna know yeah give it a different name and you're fine yeah I mean because the first D&D character I played in a long long time like because I, I played a little bit here and there and didn't ever get a game stick but the first campaign I actually was able to start that went somewhere for a little while that character was literally just a rip off of john constantine because i figured all right he's magic he's a bastard i can be in that headspace and then just i, I <laughs> magic bastard yeah. was he a slutty monster fucker didn't get a chance to i mean he was <laughs> he was four. was it really yeah, john constantine then it's blame I mean, the dm of that game blame the dm of that game because he did not give him the chance <laughs> yeah tragic gone longer he would definitely have been a slutty monster fucker i just know it <laughs> oh hell yeah Fantastic. Um, yeah, so as we all know, characters can get a bit personal sometimes, even when we're trying not to play into our own type. Do you guys ever on purpose mind your own backstories or backstory? I have not yet, but at some point I might because I have a hell of a thing I could use from <laughs> my own past that would be interesting to try and translate into D&D and amp up to be more than just childhood trauma. I yeah. <laughs> I try to keep concepts, um, some concepts in there, um, so it's not super personal. Um, so I don't, you know, so I won't take it, you know, no, I won't take it personally if someone changes something or you know makes you know says something to me in that way. So it's like, oh, you're like attacking me. I, I can, you know, I disassociate that. But uh, I kind of keep. Uh, I try to put in a little, like, you know, just a concept or, or two or, like, you know, characters and their backstory to kind of remind me of something or someone in my previous backstory, my personal backstory to kind of get me into that, uh, that mindset. Headspace? Of, yeah, yeah, that headspace, headspace. There's, I think, a little bit of me in all of my characters, just a little bit. Um, I have a character who has some pretty extreme issues with her own father and trusting him and she doesn't know who she is in general um and she's probably one of my favorite characters even though it's a game i'm with serenity and she has broken this poor little half drought of death um, 
but um, I try not to, I get really attached to my characters, um, but I try not to make them too much like me for the same reason Khalil was talking. Like, I don't, I don't want to be offended. I don't want to, mm -hmm. I don't want to catch myself being upset because someone was mean. Um, <laughs> um, as people often are in as, fantasy yeah. world. Um, Real life. I mean, if I were too attached to like, if I, I put too much of myself, I mean, I get real upset real quick. People have been, you know, oh, as always, someone's always going to be shitty to you in, in fantasy with town. Somebody's going to be mean. Somebody's going to be racist towards your drow or suspicious of your tiefling. And mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to get my feelings hurt just because someone was mean to my fictional baby. <laughs> Yeah. And the nice thing about D&D &D is when somebody's mean to your PC, you can kill them. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's if true. somebody else's PC is mean, you can just punch their PC in the face. Yeah. PC, it's fine. <laughs> uh, you have a nice little file. Be character building. And it was. Uh, PvP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about PvP in one of the episodes. I'm very excited. Um, okay. So we've covered like mining media mining our own backstories and mining real life so do you ever do just random shit with characters and if so what's the most random ass character you've created hmm. uh okay i will say this i've i've had a uh i've had a, i've played a warlock where their patron was fucking google <laughs> So, <laughs> good start. So, you gotta, you yeah. gotta dig in here. I mean, yeah, like, the game didn't last too long, but my DM would literally roll things for like my patron to tell me to do, and like I could, you know, choose the side to do it or not. But some, some of them were interesting. Some of them were quite interesting. I think I've, uh, I accidentally attacked someone before. Uh, so it was, it was, it was, it was something. I wouldn't have made that choice personally, but uh, it was interesting. For the little short bit I played it. I also had, I think warlocks are just very good for doing wacky <laughs> shit with. Yeah. Um, in, in a um, game that I played with Serenity, yeah, that was with Serenity, um, that was also tragically cut short. I played an awakened cat warlock named oatmeal um <laughs> it was a literal cat talking cat he was a warlock and that's my favorite character that i've ever made we only did like three sessions it was fantastic wow was i mean i got blissful. nothing to compete with that at all yeah i'm trying no. to think if there's anything else that yeah i like that's the most randomest thing i've had it was happen. so great you guys um I mean, I, I DM'd a game once where someone made did something kind of similar. They made a tabaxi whose name was Pancakes in the Morning. Oh, and they were just tabaxi cute. rogue. It's so cute. <laughs> so yeah, cute name, but she played him just like, okay, so I killed that guy, right? Just... <laughs> that makes she me played better. him like, like she was playing through, because she's never played D&D &D before, and she was uh -huh. basically playing him like she was playing a game of Assassin's Creed. Like, okay, so I killed that. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm going to do now. I go behind it, and then I just, I shank. Yeah, I press Y. Yeah. I, <laughs> I press Y, and then I, then I sneak into the crowd, right? That's what I'm doing. Like, sure, pancakes, go for it. 
I think, I mean, I don't have anything like crazy and wacky. I think the funniest thing I've ever done is, um, and I play a version of her now in Strahd, but I developed this idea that I was going to make an Asimar monster slayer who was going to be a combination of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Sookie Stackhouse. So <laughs> she had the accent and the ridiculous, like, we she we went so far as to give her prestidigitation for free. So like anytime she got blood or something on her, you'd blink and she'd be clean for no reason. Um, so she was like always clean and shiny and bright and you know that that ridiculous Sookie Stackhouse. Everybody want you know is fascinated by her, but also she was like a crazy vampire hunter. Like that's all she did was slay vampires. So I made Buffy Stackhouse or Sookie the Vampire Slayer. Um, very good. Did she have the two boyfriends? I don't think we got that far. <laughs> we did not. We did not tragic. get that far. There's a tragic which lack is, which is really, of romance really in this group. <laughs> um, we we did decide that it was funny that she was a literal angel, um, but we didn't we didn't get her her two vampire boyfriends. I was really sad about it. Oh wow, missed opportunities. Maybe in the future, eh? We're playing another straw game. This is it's true. That's true. <laughs> true, and I control it all. Get that vampire booty. <laughs> um, yeah, but the straw vampires aren't sexy at all, except for straw. You, you know what? It, you do not know that is vampire exclusivity. Yeah, we don't know yet. We cannot prejudge the sexiness of these vampires. Mm -hmm. We have to wait and see. Exactly. Plus, beauties from within. You know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Tara hates Barovia already. I don't think she's gonna, she's gonna oh, bang vampires in Barovia. Barovia sucks. It does suck. Yeah. Okay. Um, so question for people who have DM'd, which I know is definitely Chad. Khalil, have you DM'd before? I do DM, yeah. Okay, so as DMs, what's your favorite way to include character backstory in um like the plots? I like just finding one thing that I can just dial in on. Like I can, like, I just, I read over a character's backstory and just something will jump out at me and I just, that, that thing right mm -hmm. there. And then I basically just start. And it's usually something where someone says, I don't really know much about that part. So, you know, and I ask permission first if I can go nuts on it. And then I go nuts on it. And I just start building out like, okay, well, what if this and this and this, and then I can do this with it and then I do this and okay, got it. And then I just find a way to build the whole thing into whatever else I'm doing. Um, I have a similar similar uh, process. I yeah, I um, look at whatever they they give me, um, and if there's like I'll you know I'll kind of read over it. And there's something like uh, like holes, and it's like, uh, what happened here? I'll like I'll ask mm -hmm. the person first, like what happened here, and they're like I kind of know like you know one of my uh, players like uh, he's uh, free from Australia. He's like I don't know, mate. Just you know do whatever you need to do. I'm mm -hmm. like okay, perfect as I smile evilly and like, I like hmm. that. <laughs> uh, and so I just kind of uh, like, if there's any holes in something or like, you know, something that's there, like uh, I try to ask them to like write in what their character's perspective is, um, you know, and then kind of, you know, subvert, try to subvert their expectations of, you know, this mm -hmm. could have happened in your point of view, but you don't always know the full really story. Happened. Yeah, full story there's of what another, revolves around it. Another perspective. <laughs> I, try to, I try to keep it so it's like, yes, that could have happened, in that light, you know, from a certain perspective, that could have happened. But also, this could have happened 
in a certain perspective too, and try to keep themes similar and try mm-hmm. to input their themes of like, this is like, if someone's have a theme of like their family is missing or they have a theme of like family, try to input that into the story. Yeah, personally, I get I get very attached to my players NPCs when I um, when I uh, DM sometimes to the detriment of the plot because um, <laughs> I will just rewrite stuff if I don't want a character to die. Um, but like, I will go um, I think the extra mile where I'll really incorporate um, character backstory into. Um, into the plot like I will find spaces and I will actually rewrite things if I have if they write if you write me good lore about your character pretty much I will write that into the plot and I remember when I was um, running the game with Serenity I, I play all of my games with Serenity um, it was the infection vector yeah, <laughs> it was true very <laughs> satisfying to just find like interesting unexpected ways to incorporate um the characters' backstories into major plot points, which did come up. It was really cool. Um, okay, so oh, we gotta move on a little bit quicker. Running out of time. Um, okay, so tragic backstories are they cliche? Does it matter if they are? I don't think yes, they're cliche, but no, they're cliche. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, but no, they yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. They are. I I personally try to avoid like the you know the orphan murder hobo. Yeah. You know? I'm insulted. I play an orphan. Um, not Perry. <laughs> but not um, a murder hobo. No, Tris is not a murder hobo. Uh, but right. she is an orphan. <laughs> I uh, I try to keep um, some element of like personal like you know happiness. So like that mm-hmm. person has that character has something like you like it's kind of hard to get um, a character to care about other people when like I don't have a fucking mom or dad like I don't have no one fucking to talk to later like mm-hmm. I mean fuck all you people like I wouldn't you know I, I, I like you can get to that point where you're like oh you guys are my family but I like to try to keep it so that their their backstory is not uh you know their personal life is not like a tragedy like the tragic thing happens in their backstory that may not may involve their personal life but try mm-hmm. to keep like that element of I am fighting like I have a family or like, you know, I would like to go see my mom and dad one day or I would like to see my husband or wife uh, if I'm playing a, you know, girl or female or girl, female, girl, male um, character. So I just try to avoid the tragic, you know, oh, they're orphan or oh, they don't. Uh, they have nobody. They have yeah. nobody. <laughs> yeah, I try to try to get some of those bonds into there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go overboard on the tragedy, then it just feels like you're trying to essentially make darkest timeline Batman, <laughs> and then it just you're you're playing one note and you're playing it real hard. But then again, if there's not some tragedy, then someone who has a successful yeah. bookshop in a small town is not going to go adventuring yeah, just yeah. because they got a wild hair one day. They're like, but my bookshop, it's very successful. Why would I leave it? It's doing so well. But if, it <laughs> if the bookshop burns the hell down yeah. and yeah. they want to find who's responsible, then they'll go do something. Or, you know, like there has to be at least like one thing, like the, the inciting incident that will yeah. make them want yeah. to do something and that will throw everything off kilter and change the status quo of their life from what was to what would be that's just that's how you do it just that you don't use the heaviest of hands but you have to have something yeah 
Yeah, I try to air. I mean, they 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 make fun of me about Tris and how edgy she is. But I mean, um, edge lady. I try not to make the the most tragic character ever. Um, ha- happy people though don't necessarily go adventuring. Yeah. Um, sure. Like Chad said, you know, you don't leave your successful, happy life with four kids, and the love of your life to go kill dragons. Um, you know, fuck you. I'm going to stay home. Uh, but you know, I, 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 there's always something there in the background. Um, Neatrice is an orphan, but she really did for a long time love her adopted father. Um, I, I like, I like to do things like, oh no, they came from an extraordinarily happy family. Something else weird happened. Um, that sort of thing, because yeah it is a little cliche to have oh yeah the the edgiest rogue ever i know no, no one i trust no one i live alone yeah i will steal your shit in the in the nighttime that's boring yeah yeah like but the, yeah the crap guide to D video of rogue where the opening is just my tread my backstory is just the most tragic thing i come from the streets where i had to scrape <laughs> to survive that's not everybody's everything yeah. but it's worth a watch just to see that's how far it goes nice okay uh, i think we have time for one more question so what's the one character or character concept with the amazing backstory and that you're just waiting to play do you have one in your pocket i have a i think really good one if baltine ever does die for this campaign um i would have to you know talk to serenia about it mm-hmm. uh because it is uh uh there's been a no-no placed on some some certain things. Um, I I don't want to do. I don't want to like. I don't. I, I don't want to try to touch the no-nos, but I just want to have something to do <laughs> to do with the no-nos. Uh, so and I have this really idea, cool idea, of I think cool idea for me uh, that would be uh, I think interesting, especially where the themes of this campaign is going. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I've always wanted to do something. Uh, I don't know if anyone's played the Elder Scrolls series, uh, but the like the green pack, like elves of like the south of south of Tamriel. That's always been a cool like idea I've wanted to try to bring into the, into like a, a backstory, um, which they're like uh, they're like savage but like cultural like elves that you can't touch any of the trees in the forest. You can't like move any of the like uh, like. Uh, touch any of the flora or anything uh if you do you'll be like instantly hunted and killed and like they eat your they get their cannibals to eat you and like they use your bones as weapons and like they import metal and like wood from other places because like the place is sacred so i've always wanted to do something with that that's Aww. terrifying yeah um, really. yeah it's really really fucking like crazy and like that's very awesome. hardcore yeah yeah i mean i'd be down for that that's really interesting um I became fixated on this idea of a gunslinger with a pair of uh, six shooters that were named Thoughts and Prayers, and one would do psychic, and one would do. You still have um, from Tumblr. That's great, but I know um, exactly where you still have from. Yeah, there was a pair of brass knuckles, and I was like, "What if I made a gunslinger and and built her around the idea of Huntress?" Um, mm. So I have this tiefling gunslinger named Mercy, um, who hopefully I'm getting it to play someday. <laughs> who has the the the, the, the magic, magic guns, guns um, and and this crazy crazy vigilante idea, idea about justice. 
I'm trying to think of mine, but I usually, I don't usually have much in my back pocket other than what I can come up with right off the top of my head. And since I'm in a bunch of games right now, I've used all my best stuff. But if I can ever roll the right stats for it, I would want to essentially play a combination of the Dread Pirate Roberts and Seahawk from Chira. Just, and also throw a little Autolycus King of Thieves in there just for Fantastic. flavor. Just the most dashing son of a bitch you have on ever a boat. met on I a boat or on the land you stab things and yell perforation <laughs> great i would totally do that and sing sea shanties you have to sing all the shanties uh-huh do not do not challenge me i will do that i love well, sea we shanties. know what character i'm gonna kill in this uh next week <laughs> you do your buy me new art son a. R.I.P. Perfect, probably. <laughs> I don't know, though. We do need that cleric. That's true. Never mind, you're safe. Yeah, I come in handy. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Um, I think that's all the time we have for questions. Thank you guys for coming on my show. You've been a delight. Thank you to everybody who's watching. Hope you have a good night. I hope you stay safe and stay determined. This has been What's the Damage. We'll see you next week.